0: You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from His Word today.
1: Take your Bible with me and turn to Exodus chapter 16. It's a great song to lead us into our message this morning. I've entitled the message today, There's Always Something That We Can Complain About. How many of you complained about something this week? Can I see your hand? You just. Com- How many complained about something today already? Just as many of you. Well, we have a church of complainers here, don't we? Oh yeah, there's always something that we can complain about. Children of Israel in the Wilderness, chapter 16. And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of sin. Boy, was it ever a wilderness where they sinned. Which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month, after their departing out of the land of Egypt, their salvation... The whole congregation, the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots, like they had all they wanted to eat there, really. And we did eat bread to the full, Seriously? I thought you were starving slaves in Egypt. For ye have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Well, the Lord heard their complaints. And the Lord sent, as you know, manna in the morning, and sent them meat in the evening in the form of quails. Now go with me, if you would, to verse 35. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years until they came to the land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and what we can learn, especially with the complaining and murmuring of the children of Israel in the wilderness. We readily would have been there right alongside of them complaining as well. So Lord, forgive us for our complaints. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, the truth of the matter is, we complain if we have to eat the same food for the next meal, right? Do we really have to eat this again? Now, we never had that problem when we were raising our children because ten kids at the table, it was all gone, every meal. There there was no complaint about having to eat it for the next meal. But uh, we do have leftovers now. I want to say this, an ungrateful person is really not pleasant to be around. Those who are always complaining and murmuring about the things that are going on in their lives, I'm here to tell you, they're downers. These kind of people just bring you down. And there really is, I mean, let's stop, we all kind of fall into one or two of these categories of, Either we are people who are grumbling and complaining about everything and, and, and bringing people down, or we are those who have a way of just picking people up and brightening their day around us. I kind of think either we are a delight to be around or we're a drag to be around. You've heard it said before, either we are energy givers because of our positive uplifting attitude in life, either we are energy givers or we are energy what? Takers because we're always complaining. Now there are many reasons why we complain. We can find these mentioned in Scripture. A lot of times when we think about Job, we think of this amazing person who is able to do and go through unbelievable trials and sufferings and adversity in life maintaining his faith and giving glory to God we see that in the first couple chapters but as you go on in the book of job and these trials and tribulations and adversities continue on in his life it wasn't just a one day thing but they went on for a long period of time it just wore him down long trials have a way of wearing all of us down to the point to where we start to complain about the situation that we find ourselves in. And if it could happen to Job, let me tell you, it can happen to every one of us. He was a righteous man who loved God, eschewed evil. Well, listen to what Job said. He said, therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. Have you ever been around a person who just complains all the time and you say, I wish they would just shut up. Now you won't come right out. Well, some of you would come out and say that, but (laughs) most of us would not come right out and say that. (laughs) Pam would come out and say that. (laughs) He said, I will not refrain my mouth. He said, I will speak in the anguish He was anguishing over all these things that were going on. He said, I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. He said, I will complain. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. So what was causing Job now to begin to complain about what was going on in his life? It was an element of bitterness. So if you find yourself today as one who has a tendency to complain about things, it could be that you are dealing with a bitter spirit. There's another reason the Bible gives us for why we have a tendency to complain, and that is when we begin to reap the consequences of our own sin and poor decisions. Limitation says this. Wherefore doth a man complain for the punishment of his sins? Isn't that interesting? we're, We're reaping what we have sowed and yet we complain about the problems that we're experiencing in life and we've brought them upon ourselves. How different things could have been. Then there's the complaint that we have because of grief and sorrow over personal loss that takes place in our lives. Remember Hannah and the sorrow that she had because she had a barren womb. And listen to what the Bible says. uh, It says, out of the abundance of my complaint. Man, she was complaining before the Lord. Out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken. Sometimes just grief that we deal with will bring about a complaining spirit. Then there's mourning. Now usually when we think of mourning, we think of losing a loved one, like as we said goodbye to Tia last night. And as I watched the family, and there was a lot of us there, I'll tell you, the hospital personnel were awesome. When we brought Tia out of the room, and they were taking her down to another room to prepare her because she was an organ donor, as they brought her out of the room and Phil and Pansy and the children followed and we followed behind, the hallway was lined with nurses and aides. There must have been, what, 50 to 70 people lining the hallway to show their honor and respect. It was quite moving. But we all were mourning in a different way. But you can mourn over more than just the death of a loved one. You can mourn over just the unpleasant experiences of life. David said, I mourn in my complaint and I make noise. Here's the context of that statement. I mourn in my complaint and I make noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. They have cast iniquity upon me and in their wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me. The tears of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me and a whore hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove for I then would fly away and I would be at rest. Have you ever felt that way? If I could just... Get out of this trial. If I could just fly away to some other place where I could be at peace and I could be at rest. If I could just find a safe place. He said, though then would I wander afar off. I would remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Have you ever felt like you're in a windy storm and tempest? You're mourning over what has transpired in your life and it has caused you to complain? Having an unforgiving spirit ties in with that first one, just bitterness. Bitterness can cause one to complain. You know this verse in Colossians. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel. That's an interesting word because that word quarrel is the exactly same word that's translated complaint. If any have a quarrel or a complaint against any or anyone else, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So if we don't forgive, we're going to be complaining about that person that we have an unforgiving spirit toward. You ever notice that? There are many other reasons why we complain and we murmur, but as I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I mean, what is the root cause of that? What what really is it that causes me to just grumble and complain and murmur about what's going on in my life? You know what I believe it is? It's just being self-focused. We get so focused upon ourselves and what we're going through and the pain that we're experiencing or the trial that we are in that it doesn't allow us to see the many blessings that God has brought in our life. We just get focused on the negative. It's what the Bible calls being Temporal-focused instead of being eternally focused. With the help of the Holy Spirit today, I want to try to convince you that the best way to live in life is not focused on the temporal situations that are around you, but to really get focused on eternity. Because believe it or not, this life is really short. while we look not upon the things which are seen. Stop that. You start looking upon the things that are seen, you're going to be grumbling and complaining because not everything goes our way. Amen? Amen. While we look not upon the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen, the things which are seen are temporal, temporary. The things which are not seen are what? Eternal, forever. For we know that if this earthly house of This tabernacle were dissolved. We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, listen, eternal in the heavens. That's what we need to get focused upon. Remember, I've shared it before, not the dot, not that little temporary dot, but the line that runs on for eternity. So we complain. Now, as I was, you know, Every time I bring a message, you know, I have to judge myself. Yeah. I have to deal with it a whole lot longer than you do. You deal with it for only like 20 minutes, right? No, you have to, you have to deal with it for 40, 45 minutes, sometimes even up to an hour if preacher keeps on going. But you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I have to deal with this all week. And as I began to think about Dan White and judge myself in the light of the message that I'm bringing you today, I had to say, you know what, I'm not that much of a complainer. But boy, am I ever a murmurer. You know why I don't complain more outwardly? Because I'm concerned about what you think about me. After all, I'm the pastor. Pastor. And pastors shouldn't go around complaining about things all the time, should they? No, you don't want your pastor to be a drag. You want him to be a delight. So I try to put a guard over my mouth and and not, not complain much. I guess the only person that I really complain to is my wife from time to time. And I think she would say, you know, Dan doesn't complain very often. Oh boy, can I murmur. The Bible said these are murmurers and complainers, walking after their own lust, self-focused. Do all things without what? Murmuring and disputings, or having arguments with each other. So what is the difference between being a complainer and being a murmurer? Not much. One is more outward, right? Everyone can hear the complaining. It's a a verbal, outward expression of you being upset with the situation that you find yourself in. You're dissatisfied. There's an element of resentment. But murmuring is that low, under-the-breath, quiet expression of discontentment and dissatisfaction in the way that life is going for you. It was very simple. Complaining is more outward, whereas murmuring is more inward. As I stopped and thought about this, I thought about our deacons. I am... As so I was in the hospital last night with my arm around Phil, and, you know, I cry all the time, but there hasn't been many times I've seen Phil cry. Phil broke down last night. And he cried. I had my arm around him. The kids go, oh no, dad's crying. <laughs> I'm so thankful that Phil was one of my deacons. I'm so thankful for Jim. I'm so thankful for Isaac. You know, the reason, the reason why God first allowed deacons to be chosen in the church was to stop murmuring. You know what I hear from a lot of pastors? It's the deacons who are the worst murmurers. I'm dead serious. Baptist churches split all the time because of murmuring deacons. This is in those days the number of the disciples was multiplied and there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews and the apostles said, we need some deacons to shut this down. Years ago only a handful of you were there when I stood before Church family, this wasn't here, this was in another church. And people were yelling at me and rebuking me. And all I could say is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I was wrong, would you forgive me for that? And I was just trying to be as humble as I could possibly be. And I was getting ripped to shreds. When Phil Westheimer stood up. And he said, I cannot believe that you are talking to our pastor like that. And it shut everything down. And Fellowship Baptist Church was born that night. Deacons aren't those who start things. They're those who are supposed to stop things. thankful person is really one who realizes and acknowledges that God has blessed them in so many ways and with so many things. Haven't we? Come on now. I I got a whole list of verses here that just blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. I mean, He just pours them on every day, but we don't recognize them, we take them for granted, we don't appreciate them like we should. In everything, what? I can't hear In everything, what? Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is what? He is good. Giving thanks always for all things. I mean, I could go on and on, <clears throat> and then Romans says this, because that when they knew God, They glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful. They stopped being thankful for all the blessings that the Lord had given them. Neither were they thankful. Here's what happened. Because they weren't thankful, they became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. There's nothing that will cause you to have a dark heart quicker than having an unthankful spirit. One thing I've noticed about those who have a dark heart is that there's darkness then that enters into their eyes. There's a darkness that comes across their complexion. That's why the Bible said the light of the body is the eye. If your eye is clear, the whole body shall be full of light. But if the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. It is so sad to see someone who once used to have light And now they have darknesses come upon them. Do you all know what I'm talking about here? As believers, our gratitude should overflow because of all the benefits we've been loaded down with. David continues, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, don't forget, don't ever forget all of his benefits. Now listen, he begins to name a few of them here. Listen, listen as I go through this. Who forgiveth us all of our iniquities, who healeth all of our diseases, who redeems us from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies our mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed as an eagle. Let me, let me, let me break down that verse for you. He said, God heals us when we're sick. You ever think about that? Isn't it a wonderful thing when the flu's gone? Huh? How many of you have ever had the flu so bad you're like, man, I wish I could die? And then it passes. We're all thankful for that 24-hour flu, but then there's those flus that hang on for a week or so, and then we start feeling better, and we're like, yes! Yes! You know who did that? It wasn't the doctor. It wasn't that swig of NyQuil that you took every night. <laughs> Although, hallelujah, I love NyQuil. <laughs> Take a little NyQuil for thy stomach's sake and for thine often and <laughs> <laughs> He heals us when we're sick. He redeems us from destruction. Think of all the destruction that could come into our lives that God thwarts. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy. He brings good things into our lives. He renews our strength every day. David said, Listen, God is good. I don't want you to forget that. But did you notice what was the first benefit? That he mentioned? Forgiveness. Of all the things that God has loaded us down with, the greatest gift and blessing that God could give anyone is forgiveness. Praise the Lord, we serve a forgiving God. It's much greater than anything that this world could ever offer a person. Think about all the pursuits that people are going after, trying to find blessing. For what doth it profit a man? You know the verse, right? If he gain the what? Whole world. world. Obviously that cannot be done, but if he could... That he gained the whole world and all that is in this world. What shall it profit, man, if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? There's only one thing that we can be grateful for in our lives that could cause us to stop complaining and murmuring is when we get focused on the fact God saved us. There are a lot of people that have a lot of things and they're absolutely miserable and they're ungrateful and they are a pain to be around. They're downers. So having all the things that this world could offer you, it's not the answer. We sing that song, Thank you, Lord, for what? Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and so free. Listen, some of you here today, please, you gotta get out of that self-focused mold that you're in. You gotta break out of that, and you gotta start focusing on the things which are eternal. Otherwise, you're going to live a miserable life. I asked Alyssa if this song was in our hymnal. We have three hymnals. We kind of rotate back and forth with it, but it wasn't in the one we're using right now. And and she wasn't even familiar with it. I I can't believe our piano player wasn't familiar with this song. (laughs) But it was written by Lanny Wolf. Only Jesus can satisfy the soul. This world... Oh, please listen. This world will try to satisfy that longing in your soul. You can search the wide world or, but you'll be just as before. You'll never find true satisfaction until you find the Lord, for only Jesus can satisfy the soul. Second stanza. If you could have the fame and fortune and all the wealth you could obtain, yet you have not Christ within, your living would be in vain. There'll come a time when death shall call you. Riches cannot help you then. So come to Jesus, for only He can satisfy. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only He can change your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew, sweet love and joy in heaven too. For only Jesus can satisfy your soul. I want to tell you something. You start getting into Jesus and all that Jesus has done for you and you start focusing on others and you start focusing on eternity and you get that focus off yourself, you know what's going to happen to that complaining tongue, that murmuring spirit? It's gone. But until that happens to you, those times when we complain and we murmur out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. It is a clear indication what's down inside. Until what down, what's down inside... How many times have you heard me say this? The problem always goes back to the heart. Until that heart issue is cleared up, that complaining and murmuring spirit will continue to be there. So you know what? Here you go. you got a choice. You can walk around being grumpy all the time. You can be angry, you can be bitter, you can be upset, you can get depressed, you can be irritable. You can complain and you can murmur about how bad your situation is. Or you can do what Paul said, start abounding with thanksgiving. I just um, jotted down some things. This is just personally the things that I need to be thankful for. I need to be thankful someone brought me the gospel. I'm thankful someone led me to Christ. Again, this is my little list I put together. I'm thankful all my sins have been forgiven. There's a bunch of them. I've been justified, sanctified, and glorified. I have the gift of eternal life. I've been reconciled to God. I am joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I have become a child of God through adoption. He has given me the gift of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit indwells me and fills me. He gave me a new nature and he made me a new man. He sealed me unto the day of redemption. I can now talk and walk and fellowship with God. I have access to God through Jesus Christ. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He has a divine plan and purpose for my life. Heaven is my eternal home. And that's just a portion of the list. As we've been in the process of throwing everything away out of our home, my wife found a piece of paper and all, all of our paper products, anything, anything that can retain mold spores, has to be thrown away. So it was this list, and, and it said, The things I appreciate about my husband. And she put it on my desk and she said, I want you to read this through before I throw it away. You know, when she wrote that, it's when she was really mad at me. (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. I don't remember what I had done, but she was very upset with her husband until she started focusing on the things that were good. Good. Although we usually just kind of focus on good health, family, friends, we never really stop to think about all the spiritual blessings. Health, wealth, and prosperity get our focus, but that's temporal. The Bible said he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings In heavenly places in Christ. I'll kind of wind things up with this. These are just a few quotes that I've come across over the years that have to do with being grateful, not complaining, murmuring. I love this one. It says, it is impossible to feel grateful and depressed at the same time. isn't that good? Impossible. Okay. I've been depressed from time to time. How many of you have been depressed from time to time? Stop. Why did that happen? Because we became ungrateful. If you concentrate on finding whatever is good in every situation, you will discover that your life will suddenly be filled with Gratitude. You simply will not be the same person two months from now after consciously giving thanks each day for the abundance that exists in your life. And you will have set in motion a spiritual law that the more you give, the more you will what? Bad things do happen. Boy, do they ever. Bad things do happen. How I respond to them defines my character and my quality of life. I can choose to sit in perpetual sadness, immobilized by the gravity of my loss, or I can choose to rise above the pain and treasure the most precious gift, the gift of eternal life. Now and then, it's good to pause in the pursuit of happiness and just get happy. Make it a habit to tell people thank you. To express your appreciation sincerely and without expectation of anything in return. Truly appreciate those around you and you will soon find many others around you. Truly appreciate life and you will find that you will have more of it. And then the last one. Never let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Not as though I speak in respect of want, but I have learned, in whatsoever... Wow, that's an all-inclusive word, isn't it? I have learned, in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. Someone said gratitude turns what we have into enough. Final quote of the day, do not sit around and indulge in dreams of having what you do not have. Oh, listen to me, especially you complaining young people. Don't sit around and indulge in dreams of having what you don't have, but consider all the blessings that you do possess and then thankfully remember how you would feel if they were not yours. Be thankful for what you have. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. A couple weeks ago, I think most of you know that we're going to have to leave our home. Shelley and I, we're not even living together now. She can't live in our home anymore, so she's living in Isaac's apartment. You know what? We haven't fought for the past few days either. So. But this has been hard on my wife to be separate from the family like this. And, been hard on all of us and realizing through the counsel of my my boys that it's time we have to leave our house after spending years and thousands of dollars trying to fix things we have to leave and I want to tell you something I love my house I love our yard where we live is it's the perfect location for us it's a a beautiful home We pretty much remodeled the entire house. It's a beautiful home. And really struggled with having to give that up. And so I I went to Isaac's office. He called me to come in. He said, Dad, I want to show you a plan that I have drawn for the new house. And uh, I, I guess I must have been complaining about having to leave our home. You know, you're 60 years old. You really don't want to, like, uh, build another house and put all that expense out. I mean, we had plans, right? We had plans that one day we would sell our house and maybe move into a smaller place and use some of that as our retirement. So I must have been complaining and... Isaac looked over at me and he said, Dad, we just need to be grateful that we can build you another house. That just stuck with me. For hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again, no complaining. Foxes have holes, the birds their nests, the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. You think about the rejection he experienced as well as his crucifixion. He says, as Isaiah said, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Not one word of complaint. And yet he has given us an example that we should follow in his steps. Years ago, we had a part-time farmer in our church who had some sheep. And he said, Pastor, could you come out and help me shear my sheep? Never done anything like that before. I said, sure, I'll come out and Help you shear sheep. So he was bringing the sheep in, and he had this shear, so electric shear, kind of like a, kind of like I used to cut my kids' hair. Nah, nah. My boys would complain about the way I cut their hair. It was hilarious. I said, "Fine, go pay for it to be cut yourself." I thought I thought he did a good job. I mean, I left a little bit right here. Remember those little? Yeah. Daniel's down there just going, Ugh. <laughs> That's why he married a beautician. <laughs> um, but he was bringing the sheep in, and he was just, vroom, vroom, just taking the wool off them. The sheep, they weren't making a single, not a single bleat. Then one sheep, he caught a little bit of the, the skin of the sheep, and he put a gash in that sheep that long. Zing! I mean laid that right. Do you know that sheep never made a sound? It's like, wow. He had to stitch it back up. Let this mind be in you. As a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Maybe we need to have Christ mine. Let me give you just a quick little assignment here. Go home and write down 10 things you're grateful for. Get focused on those. And let's put salvation right at the top. Amen? every head bowed, every eye closed.